Have you ever felt the pressure to do it all? I know this is really common among mothers. It's particularly acute among homeschooling moms. Today, I'm going to talk a little bit about why I think it's okay to ask for help and vital that we live in community with one another. This is the Heidi St. John podcast. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. Well, hey, everybody. Happy New Year. Once again, we are moving our way into the month of January. I cannot believe it. I can't believe it. It seems like the older I get, the faster the years go by. And I remember a long time ago, a mom telling me, you know, hey, hang on, slow down because the days feel very, very long, but the years go by fast. And I just wanted to punch her lights out because I just thought, you know what? Nothing's going by fast for me. But of course she was right. And here I am uh, now with most of our children grown and out of the nest. And I had the opportunity to reflect a little bit on what it was that I think God showed me the most of in, in himself and in my heart and in the lives of my children in the years that I was homeschooling. And one of the very first things that comes to mind is the importance of living in community. I think we live in a sort of isolationist culture. Um, it's very different than it was. You know, We would read stories about the pioneers and particularly out here in the West where wagon trains would come across the country. And these people literally lived and died together. And if they weren't in community with each other, uh, and they were out on their own trying to traverse the country or make it from the East Coast over to the the uh, the Oregon Territory, uh, they weren't going to make it. You had to survive in community. And we really have lost that. And I think moms today feel a lot of pressure to do it all. We feel the pressure to have picture-perfect houses. I saw a post the other day on Instagram that I actually really appreciated of just a normal kitchen. Uh, it wasn't a kitchen that had, you know, tons of light in it. It wasn't a kitchen with big windows or a big farmhouse sink or any of that stuff. It was just a normal kitchen that I think most of us can relate to. And the caption said, most kitchens are normal. That was it. Just most kitchens are normal. And I thought, that is a great name for a podcast because we, I think, have expectations oftentimes of what our lives should look like. And we base it on somebody else's A role that they put on social media. And I think for moms, especially, this is true because women tend to carry moms in, in particular, tend to carry uh, the mental load for everything that happens inside of our houses. And that is by design. But social media has been lying to you. And I'm here to just encourage you today that you don't have to measure up to everybody's expectations of what your homeschool should look like, what your kitchen should look like, what your sourdough should look like, uh, what your marriage should look like. What we want to do is ask the Lord for an individualized plan for our life, because guess what? You are an individual. But I do think this is why we're seeing so much of an increase in the homeschool community. Families are finding that they're not alone and they need other people to rely on and to lean on. And this was certainly true when I started homeschooling. I know some of you think that I have always wanted to homeschool my kids and that I always knew that I was going to be a homeschool mom, but actually that is not true at all. I did not want to homeschool our children. I just was thinking, you know, what woman in her right mind would want to be locked at home all day long with their children with no hope of reprieve while I watched a little yellow bus come and take the neighbor's kids away so that that mom could have what felt to me anyways, like eight or nine hours to herself. 
and the house didn't get as dirty and you didn't use as much food and all the things. And when the Lord got a hold of my heart and I realized that education wasn't neutral, I had to really rethink my entire paradigm for motherhood. My paradigm up until this point had been have children, put them in preschool, then put them in grade school, and then junior high, and then high school, and then you're done. Because that's what happened to me. That's how I grew up. But when I realized the importance of education, when I realized that education is not neutral, when I realized that God will hold me responsible for what my children learn and the environment in which they are raised, it created a desire to shift the narrative from one track that I thought our family would be on to a completely different track. And I had always, up until this point, been very involved. Our daughter, Savannah, was first in a Christian school, and then we realized very quickly that uh, if we were going to do more than survive on rice and beans, and we weren't going to be able to afford a Christian school for her. And so we took her out of the Christian school, and eventually I put her into a public school. And I didn't hate my public school experience you know, back in the early 90s. Uh, with my daughter. I loved her teacher. She had a wonderful, you know, small town of Canby, Oregon that she was in at the time. But when the Lord asked me to pull her out and bring her home, this sort of jolt went through my system. And I remember just thinking, I can't do this thing alone. Not only did the Lord ask me to take her out of the public school and bring her home, But my husband took a job in a community four hours north of us where I didn't have any friends and hardly knew anyone. Now, we we were moving. I mean, you could argue that we were moving to a sort of ready-made community because my husband moved to become a pastor at this church. And that was absolutely true. But as a brand new homeschool mom, I can tell you that I felt very isolated and I did not think it was good for my children. I didn't think it was good for my own emotional and mental, uh, you know, my own emotional and mental well-being. And there was a point in which, you know, and here I'm trying to figure it out. I'm trying to understand, you know, how do I teach my children math and still get dinner on the table? How do I do this? How do I do that? I felt overwhelmed by it. I was lonely. I was missing the community that I had in Southern Oregon where we had been. And I went for I went down to a curriculum supply store in this little town in northern Washington that we'd moved to. And on my way home, I was just overwhelmed with emotion. I was overwhelmed thinking I I'm under all this pressure. I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I can be a pastor's wife and a homeschool mom and uh, and still get, you know, dinner on the table and still have any kind of emotional sanity left for my husband at the end of the day and I just pulled off the side of the road and I started to cry. And it didn't help that I I was unfamiliar with the neighborhood that I was in. Little things were starting to get on my nerves. You know, it was like going into the grocery store and normally I knew exactly where the spices were. I know where they were. I was getting lost, looking for little things. And this feeling of just being alone really hit me. And I realized I needed people in my life who had sort of been there and done that. I would have given just about anything for a homeschool mom to invite me into her home, invite me into her day, show me what it looked like so that I had at least a frame of reference for what a normal homeschool day should look like. But I didn't have that. And after a couple of months of just trying to go it alone, I heard about this 
idea of a homeschool cooperative. And I thought, man, that is fascinating. So I looked it up on the internet and sure enough, there were groups of people all around the country that would get together one day a week and they would pool their resources and their abilities together and they would create a schedule of classes and crafts and all kinds of fun things. And I thought, man, I wonder if this is something that we could do at the church that my husband and I had just moved to. And so I brought the idea up to my children and keep in mind, you know, I had three children at the time. And I brought the idea up to them and said, hey, what would you guys think if we started this thing called a homeschool co-op? So I showed them little bits of it, you know, little bits of what it looked like, especially from stories that I'd read on the internet. And we thought, yeah, that's a good idea. And so we went around to all the local coffee shops. This is before Starbucks was woke and evil. We went to Starbucks and we put up little posters on the bulletin board. We went to the local grocery store and we said, we're going to be having a meeting at this church at this time, and we're thinking about starting a homeschool co-op. If you want to do life in community, if you're lonely, if you would like to meet other homeschool families, if you would like to pool our resources together and see what cool creative classes we could come up with, come to this meeting and let's get acquainted. And the night came and my husband and I put out, I don't know, 15 chairs. We thought, you know, maybe we'd be lucky to get 15, 15 people to show up. You guys, the room was full. There might've been, you know, there were certainly over 75 people there. And I realized that night that I wasn't alone, that I wasn't the only one who needed to live in community, that I wasn't the only one who felt overwhelmed. And as we went around the room and introduced ourselves, the thing I heard over and over again from these moms was, I help everybody but myself. And I am the one who, I need the homeschool co-op more than my kids do. Like, I feel like my kids are doing okay, but I need another mom who can say, oh yeah, sister, that is rough. Oh boy, I will be over there tomorrow with a mocha extra whip. Girl, I got you, right? We needed that. We were created for community. And I think we've, you know, when we isolate ourselves and I, this is sort of true. I'm, I'm watching the new sort of trend. I've talked about this a little bit, you know, the trad wives and we're now we are um, idolizing sim- the simple life, right? Why don't we get back to just saying, Lord, what do you want me to do? Because I'm not, you know, a farm, uh, I'm not on a farmhouse with a homestead. God has me in the middle of the city in the middle of wherever I am. And as much as I want chickens and I want my own, my own, you know, milk cow, that's not what I have right now. As much as I love the ballerina farm and I'm obsessed with watching this woman, I don't have her life and I never will. And so God, what does it look like for me? I know that I need to live in community. And I love the example that the apostles set for us in the book of Acts. So uh, check it out in Acts chapter four, starting in verse 32. And of course, talking about uh, Pentecost, right? So, so Jesus has died now and um, and gone to heaven, and the Holy Spirit has come, and amazing things start to happen when this community of believers actually starts living in community with each other. In other words, they have the needs of the other person in front of them and not just themselves. Listen to what it says, starting in verse 32 of chapter four. Now the full number of those who believed were one heart of one heart and soul. And no one said any of the things that belonged to him was his own, but they had everything in common. And with great power, the apostles were giving their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and great grace was upon them all. There was not a needy person among them. 
For as many as were owners of lands or houses sold them and brought the proceeds of what was sold and laid it at the apostles' feet, it was distributed to each as any had need. They were discovering the value of living in community. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 9 says two are better than one because they have a good reward for their work. For if they fall, one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him who is alone when he falls and doesn't have another to lift him up. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. I am more convinced, I think as I'm getting older, and watching what's happening, particularly in this in the school system, and uh, I'm watching moms and dads at record rates pull their kids out of these broken schools, which I praise the Lord for. And I want to just remind you today, it's okay to ask for help when you do that. Uh, this is the reason why we started the first homeschool cooperative up in 1999 in Northern Washington and why my husband and I ended up planting over a hundred homeschool co-ops around the country and a couple in Canada. The reason that we did that was because we wanted to encourage you to live in community. And when we discover that there are other people in the same season of life or people who have, are in the season ahead of us. So for example, here at the Homeschool Resource Center, we have a lot of grandparents that are coming alongside these younger families and sharing their gifts and their talents. It's so important. And kids who see their parents struggling on their own and not asking for help will end up modeling this behavior in their own life. And so we really are setting the trajectory when we say, hey, I need help. And I'm going to sign my kids up for classes, or I'm going to offer, uh, I'm going to offer this skill that I have to my community and see what happens. There is a joy found in that, and a beauty found in. We want our kids to see the benefits of having a community of friends and support them in their homeschool cops, on their sports teams, and their church groups, or whatever it is. And so, I want to encourage you today as we enter into a new year. This is a great time to sort of reflect, look at the situation that you that you are in right now and assess the situation. You guys have heard me teach on this a lot over the years as a mom, especially, and this is true for a married couple, absolutely true for the dad, but God has given mothers, women, uh, jurisdiction over the home. And so it is the domain of the woman to nurture the family, nurture the home. Uh, you got to put your finger on the pulse of your family because really, mom, you're the best one to take it. And if that pulse is racing or if it's faltering or if it's failing, you need to understand why. And ask the Lord really to show you why. It's okay to ask for help. I want my kids to be able to ask for help. I want them to see me ask for help. Uh, and we we want to live in the community that God gives us and to nurture those friendships that God brings into our lives. I love that Proverbs 27 reminds us of the importance of friendship. It says, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. And there's something beautiful about living in a community because we have an opportunity when we do that to sharpen each other, 
we have the opportunity to, be, to encourage each other. It's, it's one of the reasons why I love hearing from you at the podcast because your feedback lets me know, hey, I'm off the mark or nope, I'm encouraging you or you need to hear this or this would be good. Uh, I love that because my heart is to live in community with those people that are listening to the show and therefore we encourage each other. And God has created us that way. We were literally created for relationship. And uh, a long time ago, I, you know, I used to hear people say all the time that their their number one concern about homeschooling was the social aspect of homeschooling, you know, because they would say, well, your kids aren't going to be socialized. Well, you know what? That is actually my favorite talking point for homeschooling now. Cause if someone says to me, Well, aren't you worried about socialization? I will say, Yeah, yeah, I absolutely am, which is why I pulled my child out of government school. I'm 100% worried about socialization because the Bible teaches us that bad company corrupts good character. Uh, And in fact, in 1 Corinthians 15, 33, that's exactly what it says. Don't be deceived. Bad company ruins good morals. In 1 Thessalonians 5, 11, it says, therefore, encourage one another and build one another up. We were created for community and it matters who we do life with. And so as you're starting this new year, think about who you're doing life with. Uh, One of the things that we passionately want to do here at Firmly Planted Family, and we are going to be raising support and asking for uh, you guys to come alongside us. And in fact, we're saying if you guys would partner with us at Friendly Planet Family and give just $20.24 a month for the year 2024, $20.24 a month or more if you can. But we are, we are claiming that 2024 is the year that we take our children back that we say, no more, we're not going to do this anymore. These children do not belong to the government. They belong to their parents. And we were created to live in community. And we truly are better together. We really are better together. As iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. And uh, I, I want to encourage you to assess the community that you're in right now. Is it good for you? Is it life-giving? Are you giving of yourself? I think sometimes, you know, I hear people say, well, I'm an introvert. You know, I don't, uh, I don't, I don't do the community thing very well. Well, it isn't just for you. It is also for the other people that are in your community. We're not called to live selfish lives. The truth of the matter is, and I, I'm realizing this about myself more uh, in recent years, I think I actually am at heart. It took me a long time to uh, to realize this, but I, I think I am an introvert at heart. My recharging happens when I am home, when I'm by myself, when I'm baking sourdough bread, when I'm uh, reading my Bible or turning on some beautiful music and cleaning my house. That is when my batteries are recharged. I love people. God has given me a love for people. It's the reason why I love speaking so much, but it really does drain me at the end of the day. And the recharging happens when I'm able to get alone. And I know a lot of you listening to that can uh, can relate to that. My assistant, who happens to be a dear friend of mine, Melissa, she is a classic introvert or a classic extrovert rather. She loves to be around people. That is what charges her up. It drains her when she's by herself. But you know what? You put Melissa Crabtree and Heidi St. John together, we're making beautiful music because those two personality types need each other. We need each other. It's so beautiful what God does when working community with each other. And speaking of community, uh, that's exactly why I wrote The Mouse and the Sea. You guys can see I've got it here. 
in my hands. The Mouse and Sea releases today from Brave Books, you guys. I cannot wait for you to read this book with your kids. This really is all about the power of living in community and why it's so important that we love each other enough to say, I'm going to come alongside and help. So the story starts out with this this wonderful uh, little mouse, Mr. Mouse, the main character of the story. And he sees his friends in need, right? He sees one of his friends is a seahorse who happens to be a little horse. So he brings him some chicken soup down to the bottom of the sea, right? And then he sees another one of his friends who has gotten uh, something stuck on an orca whale, gotten something stuck on his teeth. And so he figures out how to wrestle this thing free. But then when the mouse needs help, he refuses the help because he thinks it's going to be too hard on his friends or too dangerous of a journey. And he doesn't realize that in the same way that God has equipped him to help those around him, he also needs to receive help. And so that is the theme for The Mouse and the Sea. I think you guys are going to love it. And it is my first book from Brave Books. I could not be more excited to be working with them. I think you guys are going to love it. You can, by the way, get a subscription to the Freedom Island Book Club and every single month, a brand new book is released and it will show up on your doorstep with games for your whole family and activities and a beautiful story that teaches beautiful character traits and the principles of freedom that we hold dear here in uh, in this country. So I would I'd love to encourage you, go to bravebooks.com, use the coupon code Heidi for 20% off of your Freedom Island Book Club subscription and get my brand new book, the Mouse and the Sea. I can't wait for you guys to have it. I am so proud of this book. Also, I want to encourage you, if you haven't done it already, hop on over to Amazon or wherever books are sold or go to HeidiStJohn.com and you can pick up my brand new devotional, MomStrong365, a daily devotional to encourage and empower everyday moms. That's available from Tyndale. And I'm thrilled for you guys to have it. That book, as I told you earlier, was a true labor of love. And I hope that it blesses and encourages you as you walk out this brand new year. You guys, we were created for community. There's no such thing as super mom. Bad days don't make bad moms. And when we live in community, we really are better together. I hope you guys have a great day. Don't forget, I'm just now starting the study in the book of Esther. You can find that at faiththatspeaks.com. Join the Faith That Speaks community. Walk through that book with me for the month of January and see if God doesn't do something new in your heart. His word is alive and active, sharper than any two-edged sword and able to cut through all of the lies and the gunk and the garbage in the world right now and make your path straight. So I hope you guys will join me at the Faith That Speaks community. Ask yourself this year, if my faith found its voice, what would God have me say? You guys, we love you so much. Thank you for listening to the show, for leaving reviews for it at iTunes. And we'd love to hear from you. You can leave a review at Spotify or you can reach out to me directly at HeidiStJohn.com forward slash Mailbox Monday. Have a wonderful day. Love those people that God gave you well today, you guys. And I will see you right back here again tomorrow at the intersection of faith and culture.